Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for July 8th. And it was on this day in 2011 that the final launch of NASA's space shuttle program took place. One, zero, and liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis shoulders of the space shuttle, America will continue the dream. This mission to the International Space Station was a bit of a victory lap for the shuttle program, a bonus launch that had originally been budgeted for an entirely different purpose. Mission STS-135 started its life as a possible rescue mission for either of the two shuttle flights before it to be launched on demand in the event that the current planned shuttle mission suffered serious damage to the heat shield tiles during launch, as had happened in the case of Columbia, which tragically broke up during re-entry in 2003. The idea was that one of the other shuttles would be kept in a state of readiness so a rescue mission could be launched to retrieve the crew of the damaged shuttle, which would, with no one aboard, likely be deorbited in a carefully planned way to allow it to burn up without dropping debris over populated land. The rescue missions were known in NASA planning documents as STS-300 and later STS-400. Fortunately, none of the contingency flights were ever flown, so Atlanta's final flight was open for its own trip to the ISS, delivering a slightly oversized payload of supplies and equipment for the final shuttle visit to the station. The heavier payload was made possible by a crew of only four astronauts, the first time that few people had flown on a shuttle since 1983, because the original rescue mission configuration would have had to take up extra seats for the crew of the hypothetical stranded shuttle, and the outsized supply run bought a little bit of time for companies like SpaceX and Orbital Sciences Corporation to get their rockets and vehicles for the commercial station resupply missions up and running. After a stay in space of just under two weeks, Atlantis returned to Earth safely, and just like that, the space shuttle program was officially over. But Hollywood kept the shuttle flying, fictitiously at least. More on that in a moment. Hi, Dr. Phil Flocks here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. Though the shuttle program ended in 2011 with the final landing of Atlantis just under two weeks after its July 8th launch, Hollywood decided that, at least in movies and on TV, the shuttle would keep flying until further notice. The 2013 movie Gravity doomed a fictitious shuttle, as well as the International Space Station, an attached Soyuz vehicle, and a Chinese space station, with a fast-moving cloud of satellite debris that destroyed everything in its path, except for Sandra Bullock. Gravity's sci-fi scenario had the shuttle flying at least through mission STS-157, but the shuttle had been a star of the big screen since 1979's James Bond movie Moonraker and featured prominently in such movies as Space Camp, Armageddon, Space Cowboys, The Core, and Superman Returns. 
As time goes on, and as the space program's focus fixates firmly on Mars, a destination that'll need a vehicle with a far longer range than the Earth-orbiting shuttle, the shuttle continues to show up as something of a retro reference point, such as its appearances in the second season of the Apple TV Plus series For All Mankind, which follows a wildly different alternate history of spaceflight. But with 135 flights under its belt, despite a couple of tragedies, the real space shuttle turned out to be so reliable, it had the dubious distinction of making real flights to space seem... routine. When each flight was the adventure of a lifetime for the men and women aboard Atlantis and her sister ships. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for July 8th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.